So you always present the option. That's the biggest one. If you want to get away from that stigma, don't ever be the guy who walks in and says, nothing you can do here but replace it. Um, you're perpetuating that stigma. And at a company like this, and I would say most of our tri-branded companies under authority brands, that's the, the fastest way to get yourself fired and unhireable is to be somebody who, I mean, you're, you're lying to the customer if you say it's not fixable. Most things are fixable. A water heater pouring out water from a ruptured tank lining, that's not fixable. But I would say the vast majority of things are fixable. It might not make sense to fix them, but you should present both of those options. Welcome back to the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. The podcast for HVAC contractors who are ready to quit screwing around and begin growing their business. Today, we're joined by Brian Burton, and we are going to talk about the correct way to go about sales in the trades. I'm Brian Burton with uh, primarily Benjamin Franklin Plumbing and Mr. Sparky Electric in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, we also have a one-hour heating and air conditioning division. Um, I manage the Ben Franklin division and co-manage Mr. Sparky division with Aaron Buckwalter, who is the manager of the one hour division. So basically the two of us manage all three. So which one of those three came first? Uh, for this, for this, um, company here. Yeah. Yeah. For the, yeah. For y'all. I believe they were, it was roars heating and cooling in 1959, which is, uh, well, I won't let my mom listen to this now, but the year she was born. <laughs> so they've, they've been here in Lancaster, Pennsylvania for over 60 years. Wow. So when was the yep. transition made from, uh, from that company into the franchise model? I believe they went franchise with one hour in 2005. Um, and then a little bit later with Ben Franklin and then, they were they were Scott Rohr um, and Larry Rohr, his dad. Uh, they were subbing out so much work for electrical that they eventually just said it. It just makes sense to start an electrical company. So they, Mister Sparky was always Mister Sparky here in Lancaster. Nice. So, what do you spend primarily most of your time doing there for the business? Um, I would say if I have a niche, uh, personally, it's training technicians to sell um and that that being something that i mean with, with most people you have to train them first that it's okay to sell yeah <laughs> that uh it's not necessarily a bad word well i go to i go to uh or at least before covid i would go speak at the trade schools often um here the local one is thaddeus stevens and you know ctc and stuff like that um and I would, I usually start by saying, I'm going to write one word on the whiteboard here and I'll, I'll be facing my back to the class. And when I write this word, I want you guys to say the first thing that comes to mind <laughs> and uh, go easy on me, please. No, no swearing. And I would write salesman and I would just wait for the darts to come. <laughs> and they, and they did inevitably, they would always, uh, you know, I won't say it on your podcast, but the, the words would get hotter and hotter as I let it go for a minute. And then I would just turn around and say, oh, that's, you know, that's what I expected to hear one. And two, that's what I thought of it when I first got to, you know, I'm a, I'm a plumber. I'm multi-generational plumber. I dropped out of high school when I was 16 to go do 
plumbing full time and, you know, dropped out of Detroit public school, went to do plumbing full time. So that was in probably 90, 95, 96. And then in 2004, my then fiance and I moved to Las Vegas, Nevada. And I went to work for a company called Yes Plumbing, Heating and Air. And there I was taught, um, I mean, for lack of a better word, to sell. I was taught to be a selling technician when it was when it was first brought up to me. I thought I don't I don't like the idea. I think the hair on my arm stood up when he said, you know, become a salesman. I'm like, I just ugh, I don't want to be one of those guys. You know, I, I picture penny loafers and, uh, you know, overacting and selling something to somebody that they don't really need. And it just had a really bad connotation all the way around for me. And through some convincing and and showing what it meant to be a professional salesperson, I bought in in a big way. I mean, I I really fell in love with the idea. And from then on, in about 2004, I put I spent the rest of my career in a truck putting more into my communication skills than my mechanical skills. I mean, I really liked liked the idea, liked what it did for me. I felt like it was making me a better person all the way around to be a better communicator. Um, <clears throat> learned about body language and, and just the, the soft skills, they call them. Um, just dove head first into it. And when I came here to Lancaster, Pennsylvania with my now wife and kids, um, was in a truck for probably a year and a half. And Larry Rohr, the second generation owner at the time, was retiring. And Scott Rohr, his son, and Matt Buckwalter, Scott's business partner, were taking over the ownership of the company. And they knew HVAC and they knew electrical. So they were kind of handling those those divisions, but they didn't really want um, to take over the plumbing division in terms of you know day-to-day management. So they asked me to come out of the truck and take over the Ben Franklin department. And I would say more than not, um, it was definitely not my mechanical skills because they had they have guys here who are much better plumbers than I am. And that's kind of always been the case. Um, wherever I was, there was always a better plumber. But in terms of communication and, and I'll say selling, um, I had by far the highest ticket average, um, you know, out, outsold most guys two or three times what, what they were doing in revenue. But, you know, almost no callbacks and my my customer ratings were through the roof. I believe the highest the whole time I was in a truck. They used the net promoter score at that time. I don't know if you're familiar with the NPS, mm-hmm. but as a as a division, we were holding. Uh, when I took over, we were holding a 59 overall score in Ben Franklin, and mine was like 80, 85, 88, something like that. Wow! Despite the fact that I, that my ticket average was three, four times the rest of the guys, and my customer ratings were also three, four times as high as most of the other guys. And the reason for me is I, I was a professional salesperson. I was somebody who sold with integrity and with, with principles. Um, so I, I, I would turn around at these trade schools and I would say, this is, you know, this is what I expected. And here's kind of my story, but now let me tell you what we do because I train professional salespeople. I mean, it's, it's somewhat easy to take a kid out of a two-year uh, trade school and make him a drop-in plumber or electrician or HVAC tech. I wouldn't say it's easy, but it, but there are processes in place where whereby it happens kind of naturally. It's just a matter of time. That's not necessarily the case with soft skills. 
communication skills. It takes a certain kind of people to be able to do that. Um, and that to me is the harder part. So I would, I would go into why it's important, why it's necessary. Um, one thing I talk about is, you know, we're, we're, we've got fully stocked box trucks with, you know, as much plumbing material and electrical and HVAC stuff as we can put in them. But that's not a whole lot, you know, when you compare it to how much stuff is available. And if, if you go to AutoZone, you can just see everything they have on their shelves, right? So you can do the shopping. You don't necessarily need somebody to sell anything to you or present anything to you. But if you have a plumber over to your house, an HVAC technician, how do you know about anything they have to offer unless they bring it up to you? So sales and a salesperson is needed in that situation just because of the simple fact that most homeowners have no idea what we have to offer. I mean, in a world where COVID is so, you know, so prevalent and, and on the forefront of everybody's minds, you know, whether it should be or not, it, it's there. <clears throat> Just turn on any news station. There's probably a ticker still on there with how many cases there are. Um, we're, we're dealing with, with everybody knowing that this exists and some people being very afraid of it and some people not. Um, but it's on the forefront of everybody's mind. And we have in the HVAC world, a, a system that removes a very large percentage of bacteria from the air. You know, these uh, UV lights that go in the ductwork and then these electronic air, air filters. But how does, how does anybody know that when we get to their home unless we tell them about it? So we have to be able to kind of swallow our, our inhibitions and presuppositions about being a salesperson and at least present a product. And that's step one. Step two is, now let's get let's get decent at presenting that product in a way that um, it's something they want to hear about. You just go in and say, "I think you should buy this." Drop a drop a pamphlet on their kitchen table. That's just going to be met with a yeah. I'll look it over. Give you a call some other time, right? And that's not really a presentation. <clears throat> and then the other thing I would talk about was um, what it meant to be a salesperson versus a professional salesperson. So I used any number of analogies, but I'm, I'm staring at my iPhone right now. So I'm going to use that one, which is, I would say, you know, there's a, there's an Apple store in the mall here, which was probably about 10 minute drive from Thaddeus Stevens, the biggest trade school here. And I would say everybody, is everybody pretty familiar with the Apple store and everybody would not Yeah, Of course we are. I would say, let's say I took this, you know, this iPhone 11 um, and it had a crack in the screen. Right. So I go walking into the Apple store and I walk up to the first person I see and I just lay the phone down on the counter. And that person looks at the phone and he says, well, it's cracked. You got to replace the phone. Uh, here, take a look at this one. It's going to be you know, nine hundred dollars or whatever it is to replace the phone. And I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's two and a half years old. Maybe it's time. Let me think about it. And I go walking out the door and I walk around the mall for a little bit come back in and walk up to to the same counter, but it's a different person there. Well, so I just do the same thing. And I lay that phone down and she picks it up and says, you got a cracked screen. We can fix that for $150 and have you out the door. And I would always ask the class, which one of them in your mind did me a disservice? And unanimously, everybody would say the, the first one did, the one who said you had to replace the phone. And I would say that for me personally, 
and for the large majority of clients that I've served over over the course of my career, they both did a disservice to me because I want to know that I can replace that screen and just fix the crack. But I also want to know that, that I could take that same amount of money that I'm putting into a two and a half year old phone and put it into a brand new phone with all kinds of upgrades and cool technology that I don't even know about yet. And where you're a good professional salesperson is you say, you can fix this for this much, or you can take that same amount of money that you're going to sink into an old toilet, water heater, uh, HVAC system, electrical panel, what have you. Take that same amount of money and put it into a brand new one and check out what this new, what this new one does for you. You're going to love this. Are the wife and kids here? Bring them over. They have to take a look at this thing. So you, you, as Brian Tracy, a famous sales trainer said, the definition of selling is a transfer of enthusiasm. So your job as a, as a professional salesperson is one, to present all the available options, all of them. Don't leave anything out. That's not your job. Um, but then when you present the one that you think is the most beneficial to that homeowner, you present it with enthusiasm. You filled up your own cup of enthusiasm to the point where it's going to just pour out of you. So water treatment was my big thing. That was my favorite. I always feel like that was the one that got me out of a plumbing truck because I sold so much of it. Um, and I would read up on it weekly, probably. I'd get any article I could find from like the CDC and the uh, WHO and uh, local departments of health, the New York Department of Health, that kind of thing. And I would just find articles on the effects of chlorine and tap water and the effects of hard water. And, you know, we have a lot of wells here. So I'd look up acidic water and too much iron and things like that and just fill up my own cup of enthusiasm. And then it would just pour out when I finally got to some poor victim that had two ears and everything that I'd learned. I just, I just love to talk about it. So you would almost, I mean, I had guys ride with me all the time and they would say, man, that was easy. It just sold itself. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah it sure did. <laughs> the, the countless hours I put into um, becoming more and more and more enthusiastic about it. So I would present that analogy to those, to those kids a lot. And I, I still do that here every now and then to just refresh everybody. And I would ask, does everybody agree at that point? Did both of those, um, those uh, customer service reps at Apple do me a disservice if they only presented one option. And they would say, absolutely. Yes. I would want both options as well. And that's all, that's all we train people to do here. And we have, I mean, we have some of the highest ticket averages in um, certainly in the Ben Franklin division. Well, I'm looking at the, uh, top performers of the one hours Ben Franklin's and Mr. Sparky right now. And we, we landed number six in all three separately, which I don't know if that's a bad omen, but <laughs> that's what we did in uh, the month of March. So yeah. Yeah. And that's a pretty big deal because um, there are, there are hundreds of each division and we're just in little Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Yeah. So how do you go about breaking that stigma that, cause you know, there are, there are a lot of stigmas out there about HVAC technicians, plumbers, electrician, whatever it may be of, oh, they're just going to try to sell you a new system uh, without trying to, to repair it first. How do you, how do you train those technicians to all be, um, I guess, in cahoots with the sales process while also 
providing those repair options as well. Sure. The the biggest way is, and, and we talk about this all the time, but probably still not enough, um, is to be very honest, but very forthright. I mean, super honest, but don't be afraid to say, if, if this thing's 11 years old, and I don't care what it is, and, and I mean, maybe short of a boiler, but if, if this thing's 11 years old, and you're going to spend $400 to repair it, how does that make sense? I mean, we can absolutely repair it for you, but what if it what if it breaks down permanently six months from now? That was not four hundred dollars well spent. Yeah. So you always present the option. That's the biggest one. If you want to get away from that stigma, don't ever be the guy who walks in and says nothing you can do here but replace it. Um, you're perpetuating that stigma, and at a company like this, and I would say most of our tri-branded companies under Authority Brands, that's the the fastest way to get yourself fired and unhireable is to be somebody who, I mean, you're, you're lying to the customer. If you say it's not fixable, most things are fixable. Yeah. A, a water heater pouring out water from a, a ruptured tank lining, that's not fixable, but I would say the vast majority of things are fixable. It might not make sense to fix them, but you should present both of those options. Yeah. So what are some, what are some techniques or, uh, I guess some skills or something that you train people either at the trade school or your own technicians about like value-based upselling. Um, I try not to use, I actually try not to use the words selling and upselling and sales just to, um, I mean, it's just some, something that makes everybody cringe. Yeah. (laughs) So we we try to use it as little, as little as possible. Um, But a, a big one, and I'm looking at it written on my, my whiteboard, across from my desk here um, is to use an upfront contract, which is something that is just not really done enough in the trades. Um, And that just means that when you get to that door, you have something that you say to the client that um, gives them a a blueprint of what this service call is going to look like. So, and it also gives them a timestamp. Like let's just say we're there for a, for a light switch that doesn't work and you thank them enthusiastically for the opportunity to be here. And I do mean enthusiastically because is there anything worse than like a humdrum piece of gratitude that somebody doesn't really mean? (laughs) Hey, thanks. Thanks. Thanks a lot. All right. Yeah. You're welcome. Um, I say enthusiastically because just, just here there, there are dozens, if not hundreds of, of, electrical companies and you know one-man bands and handyman that could come and fix an outlet and we were fortunate enough that this person our company and had us out and and you as a technician were fortunate enough that you were selected to go see this homeowner instead of maybe staying home on a tuesday afternoon having no work or being here cleaning your truck out or what have you so always keep that in mind when you're walking up to the door start with some very sincere enthusiastic gratitude Thank that person for this opportunity. Even if you don't do any work or, or anything here, the opportunity to make yourself their electrician for life. I mean, that's that's where we start. Um, and then, you know, ask them if you're parked in the right spot, get those floor protectors on like we do. Uh, tell them a little bit about company and your personal credibility and then give them a timestamp. So I'm going to go have a look at the light switch right now just to let you know. 
um, should have some kind of diagnosis here within the next 15, 20 minutes. And then I'll come and give you, present you with some options of what it's going to take to repair it. Now, just to let you know, I start at the electrical panel and work my way back through the whole system. If you're going to have me here anyway, which you do, and probably paid a service call fee to get me out, which they will, um, for that money, I'm going to make sure you get everything I have to offer. So I'll check the whole system for you. If, if you had any ideas, about maybe some lighting or lawn lighting or Wi-Fi cameras or something like that, that you've been kicking around, uh, now would be a great time to get an estimate on that because you don't have to pay the service call for you to get me over here. So if any questions, by all means, ask um, if it's okay with you, I'll present you with some options. If there's something you'd like to have done today, select it by all means. If you'd like to have nothing done today, that's perfectly fine too. And I'll get out of your hair. That's just called, that's called an upfront contract. So you remove, remove any mis mutual mystification as to what's going to take place today. You get their permission to present options to them. And you also let them know that it's going to be okay if the answer is no at the end. And that just kind of just puts a pin in the balloon of, of pressure they're feeling. Yeah. And they, they just take that sigh of relief and go, okay, he's, he's on our side. Um, because if you come in very professional, like I always would, like we train our guys to here, you can put them on edge because they feel like, Ooh, this guy's good. <laughs> if yeah. he wants to sell me something, it's going to be hard to say no. So release that pressure immediately. Um, and understand that you're, you have no right to apply pressure to them at any point, especially the end. And if they say no to you, you, you can never look at it like it's a permanent no. You just have to look look at it as you're walking out like it's a no for now. So treat them like royalty on your way out, even if the answer is no. And for us here, we have two other two other uh, divisions that may work for those people too. So it behooves us to treat them like royalty, even if we don't do any work there. Yeah. So what are some of the biggest challenges that you see facing uh, the home services industry when it comes to uh, finding good technicians that aren't afraid to sell. Oof, man, I, I feel like this um, Twitter and TikTok and Instagram generation with so little face-to-face -face contact is making the youngest people that I see and, and have the opportunity to train and impact um, it's, it's making them have a really hard time with hard conversations, like man to man, uh, woman to man, woman to woman, man to woman, that kind of thing. They're having a real tough time with eye to eye, hard conversations. And that's, that's a problem, um, that, that we're going to be facing. I think that's going to keep growing as, as this generation, it's a thumb generation. It's not an eye generation anymore. Yeah. So they're. We're, we're all super like more and more aggressive every year with, you know, people we can't even see and haven't met online and, and less, um, less assertive, I think in person and, and just, we're getting less good at face-to-face -face conversations and spending less time with people. I mean, obviously the pandemic didn't help as you weren't allowed to see anybody for, for a long time there. Um, not that it, not that we uh, slowed ourselves down in, in the industry here. We, we uh, made a conscious decision to, I mean, for lack of a better term, pick up market share. I mean, we had very good sized companies very close to us that just closed their doors 
you know, in March of 2020, just said, we're not running calls. And to us, that was a, that was a travesty because our people still needed their sewers to work and, you know, their, their furnaces to work at night, still getting down to 40 degrees at night here at that time. Um, and we, we just couldn't believe and you know, the, the electrical division, what are you doing without power? <clears throat> um, we couldn't believe people were shutting their doors, but we told our technicians, if you don't feel comfortable, let us know. Um, but we made a decision to move forward and, and we picked up a lot of market share. Um, not to sound like that was, you know, that was the main idea. The main idea was to serve our, serve our uh, clients and keep our guys working and not, have to lay people off and you know kind of drain the system uh and we didn't i don't believe we, we laid a single person off in 2020 um and for that reason our our, our techs have rewarded us certainly in 2020 and 2021 um and we we've grown in all three divisions in a significant way already here in this first quarter uh you know year over year we've had, we had the best first quarter we've ever had here at this division. Yes. Yeah, I would say that, that the, uh, the Twitter generation is, it's making it tough to find, um, people who are able to have conversations. I mean, there's a lot less eye contact I see with the younger guys that come in here to interview. There's a lot less. Not really there's been a lot less firm handshakes now for years that you just realize people don't really know how to behave. Um, yeah. But fortunately for us, we have good systems in place to train. We have a good, we have a good podcast. That's a uh, technician centered podcast that uh, Nate medic, our office manager and I do every week that, um, you know, with, with COVID we weren't doing in, in, uh, in office training. That was one thing we didn't want to do was group group everybody up together. So we kept the techs out of the building. Um, and and we got a lot of texts and emails and phone calls from technicians saying, this is the one thing we're missing here. It's that, that training piece, communication training, inspiration and sales training, the stuff that we tended to do four days a week here. So we came up with the podcast idea that's just, it's all for technicians. It's not for owners and managers, although there's good stuff for everybody in there, but it's a, a good way for us to train people that we can't see. And I think just hearing that on a, on a weekly basis probably helps undo some of that um, lack of exposure to people that everybody's feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that the younger generation can, uh, yeah, I'm talking about the ones, you know, like you were saying that are, you know, more, technology obsessed staring at their phones all day not talking to real people what are some ways sure. that they as the next generation of home services providers can uh one become more hireable uh to a company such as yours and two uh, do a better job of providing service to the customer um i would say that that is there's one answer for both of those um more than anything you're gonna do you should be able to do a great job for the customer in terms of their HVAC plumbing and electrical needs by being a good uh, technical technician. So you should, let's, let's go ahead and assume, right? 
that you're already a very good tech, technically speaking. So what can you do to, to do a better job for the homeowner? What can you do to be more hireable for a company like this? Or, you know, most, most companies who are kind of looking for some level of charisma to go with um, the hard skills, <clears throat> you can get out and communicate more. And that, that brought me back to one of my mentors, Lance Fernandez at, at Yes uh, Plumbing, Heating and Air in Las Vegas when I was coming up. He would, so I struggled with communication. I grew up in a, in a pretty rough neighborhood in Detroit. Um, I, w- I always felt outgoing, but I was a little nervous to be outgoing because the nail that stuck out where I grew up got hammered. So I would, I would have sweaty palms and I would be a little shaky and I would have an upset stomach when I first would go into these homes thinking that I needed to um, present options instead of just fixing the faucet. I would be very nervous. So what he he started having me do is he would he would tell me to strike up a conversation with the waiter at a restaurant we'd be at, or you know we we would take take trips to like Scottsdale, Arizona, for Tom Hopkins sales boot camp together, and he would have me um, strike up a conversation and get a certain question answered by the flight attendant, like about them personally. He would just do this stuff to me all the time, and it, the idea was to make me less nervous to make me realize that there were no real consequences to doing these things. It, it's just nerves. So I would say, push yourself to have real genuine conversations with people in line at the gas station. Um, get to know your waitress the next time you're out to eat like on a, on a real level. And I don't married guys don't just wait for the waiter. <laughs> don't don't get yourself in trouble and, and tell mama that it was Brian's idea. <laughs> I, want, I want no I want no part of that action. Um, but to say to say um, you know just to say hello, good morning, uh, how's your day been so far to your bank teller, and but ask real questions and get real answers, and then learn to ask two more questions about it. So that that would go so far with the the young up and coming generation that spends very little FaceTime with strangers. It's all, you know, behind a keyboard that I think, um, the difference of somebody doing that for 90 days and then coming in here and interviewing with me or interviewing with yourself for a position you might have available, uh, between a guy who's doing that for 90 days and a person who's not doing that for 90 days. I think, you know, you and I would see a a massive, difference in that human being this it's automatically somebody who's who's hireable based on the soft skills because you're really going to enjoy your conversation with them so aaron buckwalter and i interview most almost everybody who works here at this point was interviewed by aaron and myself in the conference room and what we always said our rule was i mean forget uh mechanical ability because we can teach it again uh our rule always was we always have fun together. I mean, we're just, we're just sitting around having a blast anywhere we're at um, laughing and chopping it up. I mean, we're working and we're, we're moving forward, but we're, we enjoy each other. <clears throat> and one thing we always said was we'll get in the conference room first. We'll sit down and, and we'll start having a good time. When that candidate walks in, if the energy stays the same or goes up, he or she is hired. If the energy drops down, 
and the energy is like sucked out of the room, like negativity or just it, over, over shyness where it's just, you know, we can't really connect. Um, that would, that would be a no almost every time it would be a no. And that's before we even got into any kind of mechanical ability or, or what have you. So for somebody to keep that in mind and say, that's what I'm looking at when I go interview somewhere, that's what I need to do and to be that that's something to improve upon your communication skills, your conversation skills, your body language, the words you use tonality, that kind of thing. I think if technicians in the field would get better at those soft skills, they'd be a hundred times better asset to their company, a hundred times better asset to their, to the homeowners they go serve because they can communicate with them in a more real way. Um, you know, and then you name the place at home. I mean, among their friends, they're just, you're just a, a better human being. Yeah. More enjoyable to be around. Sure. Yep. Yeah. At least in the, in the short term, which is all we have with our clients is that, that initial, uh, meet and greet and you might have a matter of minutes after that. So you might as well be as good as, as, as you can possibly be. I mean, you're yeah. always, you're always interviewing for your job. Every time you see a new client, you're interviewing for your job again. So you should, should get good at it. Yeah. And so how does that carry over? Cause I noticed on Google that you all have a tremendous amount of reviews for all of your locations. How does that carry over into the technician or the installer or the plumber asking for that review after they've, you know, taken that, uh, that enthusiasm and transferred it to the customer? Is that why you've seen such a high return on those, those reviews? Um, well, one, one thing you, you can do to really jump your reviews up is, is have like contests, competitions, offer rewards, stuff like that. Um, but one thing we train heavily on, and this started with the NPS. And I think one reason I got such high marks on the NPS score was one thing I did was I brought it up up front, despite the fact that I think one of the, uh, corporate conventions we were at, uh, uh, it was owned by direct energy at that time, but they said, Hey, don't, don't ask for that good NPS score. You should just earn that. And I'm like, okay, heard a lot of good stuff today, but I'm going to let that one go in, in one ear, not the other. <laughs> and I wasn't being manipulative. Um, certainly, but what I did was as soon as I got there, part of my upfront contract would be, and then at the end, when this is all over with, and I'm getting ready to leave your beautiful home, I'm going to, I'm going to bring up, um, our, our rating system. Um, and ask you for, for a 10 level rating. Now, if you know the NPS net promoter score, they would have that emailed to them the next day or two days. I believe it's two days later. So yeah. you could never sit there with them and watch them, uh, make the review. You had to do such a great job that you earned that 10 because you're not going to be there when they fill it out. So I would bring it up in the beginning and say, I'm going to ask you to rate me a 10 out of 10 at the end of this. At any part during during our journey together here for the next couple hours, if I do something that you feel is detrimental to that 10 rating, I'm giving you permission right now to bring it up. And I'm asking you to bring it up. Don't let me, I, I would say, you know, I'm, I'm a short attention span. I might make a mistake. By all means, please bring it up. Don't let me not realize it and, and cost, um, cost myself a client for life here because my job while I'm here is to make myself your plumber for life. 
So I'm going to ask for that 10 rating at the end. If I do anything that makes you not want to give it to me, please bring it up to me. And they would say, okay. And at the end of that, at the end of that call, I could probably count on one hand the amount of times that somebody said at the end, I did not like this. Um, but I would say I, I completely apologize. You're absolutely right. Uh, messed that up. I don't know what it, what it might have been. Left the door open and the cat got out or something like that. Um, but I would apologize, make it right any way I could, and ask them if I can count on them to give me that 10 score. Um, and now we do the same thing with the Google reviews. This is how we train people to uh, bring that up and to make sure that they're telling them the goal for me is to earn that five-star Google review. If I do anything that makes you want to give me a three-star, by all means, bring it up to me. I want to fix it. Wow. So if you want to get your ratings up, that's a good conversation to have with your technicians. Oh, absolutely. And is that a conversation that you train your technicians to have as well? Yeah, we we probably haven't talked about it recently, and I'm I'm – guessing that uh we're gonna have to do a podcast on it here soon but absolutely that that was a conversation that we had every time we did uh review training so we would just specify one morning meeting to training for getting your reviews up that's what we would do now i i didn't like to make it just about the company hey it's good for the company I, i like to talk about it like your report card um you have a report card and you have a certain number of grades that you get on that report card. So I would talk about going to my daughter's school and they would say, um, you know, great student, always pushes her chair and always cleans up her desk. Um, you know, I'd want to know all these things. And then history is a B and maths and a, and you know, you have what, four or five grades on your report card. It's no different here. Everybody thinks that they're, now, some guys are, are really into their revenue, say, like they want to be the number one guy uh, on that revenue board. And not everybody cares about it. And you have to understand that there is a place, certainly a place at any company for an integrity driven technician who cares about being number one. You really want as many of those as you can get. There's also a place for a, a man or woman who is highly proficient technically who doesn't care about that at all and doesn't even really want their name on that board. They want to serve clients and fix equipment and be more and more knowledgeable. <clears throat> and there's a place for both. So we don't have one grade here. You have a report card. Your ticket average should be an A. Your Google reviews need to be an A. Your um, communication with the office, your dispatcher needs to be an A. And um, your team functionality, how you function as a member of a group of men and women who are who need to have each other's back who need to function as a cohesive group in order to get our goals hit um that also needs to be an a so you have you have all these things and i would tell i would tell the technicians that in terms of your reviews that is one that's one review that you know my the teacher could tell tell me my daughter always cleans the desk up and puts her chair back in, but that doesn't mean anything if she's going to get in, try to get into a difficult college to get into, right? Yeah. That's not going with her. It's, it's the report card grades that go. So I would always say like, these things are great, but your Google reviews, if you ever go to work somewhere else, or let's say you want to come out of a truck and do something else that is customer service oriented. If you can take all these reviews and screenshot them one after another, after another of all these people, 
giving you personally five-star reviews, who doesn't want to see that? I don't care what field you're going into. That is one of those grades that goes to college with you. Yeah. So you have to have that one dialed in. Yeah. Well, and using the, the college analogy, it kind of serves as a, a letter of recommendation. Kind of Absolutely. Like you, need, like you need for college. Yep. Hundreds of, of letters of recommendation. Yeah. And it's so simple. To, I mean, people really underestimate how simple it is to get the customer to leave a review. A lot of people rely too heavily on technology, like we were saying. Oh, they're like, oh, well, we got it. You know, an automated system. It's going to send them the email. Well, my guess is that two out of every ten customers will actually open that and leave a review. Yeah, you get them all the time, right? I mean, I, yeah. I take my wife's uh, vehicle in and and get it the oil change, and I get the email the next day of you know how how did we do is what it says. And I might have 30 of those in my inbox. Yeah. (laughs) I I know enough about what they do for a business and for a technician that I fill them out always. That's not the rule. I mean, most people, I don't believe fill out half of the the, um, emails like that, that they have in their inbox because you just, you're just flooded with them. You spend your whole day doing that. Yeah. Yeah. You want to get them on site. That's for sure. Oh yeah. And you want to get them right then and there when, you know, when, when she's looking at, um, you know, looking at her HVAC system and she sees that, that light from the UV light you just installed or, or, uh, you know, is just now freshly thinking about what this electronic air filter is doing for the dust and the dead skin particles and all this stuff floating around in, in the house and how it's cleaning it all out. And, you know, the husband and wife are just standing there just, you know, smiling and looking at the system and all the work you just did. That is when you want that review filled out. Yeah. Not, not three days later when they're like, uh, you know, running around trying to, to uh, corral the kids and, and maybe in a bad mood, let's get it done right here and now. Yeah. It's like, uh, like gas stations or convenience stores, when you get done checking out, they always like circle the receipt and they're like, Hey, can you fill this out? Uh, and you have a chance <laughs> a to win a $25, uh, yeah. Sunoco gift card. And I just crumble it up and toss it, but it's like, it's so much more powerful. If they pulled out an iPad and said, Hey, real quick, can you fill this out? I would do it 10 out of 10 because I, I would feel one, I'd feel probably obligated to, but two, it would, it'd be right there in front of me. They've removed that barrier of having to do it. Absolutely. And if you're, if you're looking, you know, Susie behind the counter of the shell station right in the face and she says, Hey, it would really help me out. If you, if you filled out this survey for me real fast, just just step right here to the side and go go ahead and fill that out on the counter while I help the person behind you. You're like one, like you said, you feel obligated Two, I mean, how often do you get to do somebody a genuine favor like that throughout your busy day where we just have so much going on and if you fill that survey out real quick you feel good about yourself she's like yeah thanks a lot man not everybody does that but i'm telling you it helps me a lot and these and the technicians can put it in a way like that um yeah the client the the homeowners paid you for for the service that you performed today um but it should be the case that they got a lot more out of it than you or the company did in terms of how how well you served them today um, it shouldn't be an issue at all for you to say, can you do me a favor now and fill this thing out? Now, look, don't feel pressured to fill it out a certain way because I'm here with you. 
tell me the truth. Did I earn a five-star service? And if the answer is yes, please, please fill this out for me. It goes so far for me in, in my uh, career to have these things filled out. It makes them feel good when they fill that thing out. Yeah, Like they did you a favor. Yeah. And if they start with the three star, then you like swell up your chest, like lean forward. <laughs> no, no, don't yeah. do that part. <laughs> so tell us a little more about your podcast uh, as we begin to wrap up here. What What's that about? Yeah, so the, the podcast, it's called the Waste to No Day podcast. Um, it's on iTunes and Spotify and Google Play, and or you can just go to wastenoday.com. Um, it's it's tech-centered, technician-focused, by and large, if anybody's listening to it, it should be people in the field. But that's also for comfort advisors, plumbers, electricians, um, HVAC techs, installers, you know, uh, your part runners, apprentices, everybody. Um, we also get a lot of feedback from office staff people and managers and owners as well. Obviously, it's pretty easy for us to be plugged into a decent network here as we're part of you know, hundreds of, of other franchises. Um, but yeah, I mean, we have, we have some people hit us up, even in the reviews where we still can't figure out who some of these people are. They're saying, uh, helped me a lot in the it world. I don't even know, really know what that one meant, but, um, <laughs> a lot about what we talked about today. This is what we talk about. It's, it's by and large, it's communication, you know, a little motivational, inspirational if we can. Uh, there's a lot of pot shots taken at each other, but <laughs> yeah. so we do a somewhere 20 to 30 minute intro, just uh, Nate and I, and then we interview a guest every week for 30 minutes to an hour, uh, as long as, as long as they feel like talking realistically. Yeah. And yeah, it's, it's all, it's all pretty fun stuff uh, here in, in the short term future. We're going to have some, some pretty big names on the podcast in the, selling world and um tom hopkins uh sales trainer has signed on to come on and a few other uh, weldon long who's a who's a uh hvac sales trainer nationally known gene slade another one so yeah mo mostly communication and sales stuff like that but hopefully it's just just an all-around fun podcast yeah nice well what are some ways that any of our listeners can get in touch with you or learn more about your podcast or anything if they're interested waste no day.com everything you need right there awesome that's perfect cool well brian i appreciate you uh taking some time out of your day to be on the podcast with me this was really helpful i think it was probably um one of the best ones we've had in regards to sales and uh was less marketing focused but that was that was good i think this is a great change of pace for the show and really provided a lot of value for our listeners. I really appreciate that, Eric. We, we uh, definitely put a lot of time and I've put a lot of time personally and money into um, developing that, that part of myself. So it's good to hear that, that it, it came it came across well. Thank you. Thanks for checking out another episode of the Smart HVAC Marketing Podcast. On May 11th, at 1 p.m., I will be leading a webinar with the folks over at Hatch. So if you're an HVAC contractor looking for some new and creative ways to generate more leads, then you're definitely going to want to check this out. Stay tuned as I'll be sharing more information in the coming days.